Hey, welcome back to Silver Fortune. So today I want to talk about the ongoing uh, silver squeeze, which which I do believe is alive and well. You know, it's been a while since I put out my last podcast, uh, two weeks, maybe longer, three weeks. I'd have to check. Uh, it's been a while, but there's a lot I want to talk about today in regards to that silver squeeze, which was uh, kind of the last thing that I had been kind of talking about. 16 days, roughly, since my last, 16 or 17 days since my last podcast. Uh, before I get to that, though, I want to take care of two kind of quick, I don't know, business items. First of all, uh, in those, some of my recent videos, I want to make a correction. Um, there were several ones where I misquoted uh, a source which ended up being incorrect, and it was in regards to uh, JM Bullion, you know, one of the largest um, precious metals dealers. During... Uh, they're, they're very busy weekend. This was what, you know, three weeks ago, roughly where, uh, you know, the silver had gapped up on Sunday night more than usual, more than it has more recently. There's massive sales shortages in physical silver during that time period on the retail side. Um, I quoted JM Bullion as saying they had sold 27 million ounces in a single weekend. And that's on my and that's a mistake on my end. It was actually $27 million worth in a weekend, which is, you know, considerable difference. We're talking about 27 million ounces compared to, you know, when you account for premium, probably something under 1 million ounces, which is still a lot of silver for one weekend. Um, but obviously that's an, an important difference in terms of scale and magnitude. Um, and, and basically it wasn't, you know, I, I'll, I'll take credit completely for the mistake because I had seen a, um, incorrect post about it and had not actually looked at the interview myself. The post basically said 27 million ounces. The interview obviously was referring to 27 million dollars. So I want to correct that and apologize for it. Um, you guys tend to be pretty forgiving uh, in terms of my audience, so I don't really not worried about that, but I wanted to bring it to, to your guys' attention. Um, and I did remove, you know, one of my videos that was really talking more about that type of number and extrapolating that to other um, dealers, dealers, precious metals dealers, because, you know, that may not be as applicable. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk about is something I've been working on quite a bit lately. And that is, uh, my book, a book that I've been working on. I think I brought it up, you know, probably back before Christmas was the last time I talked about it here on this channel. Um, and, and it kind of went on a bit of a, I went on a hiatus in terms of working on it. Uh, but more recently I've been working on it much at a much faster pace. I can't tell you when it's going to be done, but in the near future, I'm not talking necessarily probably even summer, but but hopefully in the spring, it'll be finished. Uh, it's going to be part of a series of books. These are fiction books. These are going to be, uh, I don't want to spoil it, but, but think, um, you know, in the line of, of, I'm trying to think, you know, if you've, if you've read books by somebody like Bobby Akart or, or similar type of authors that focused on, I don't want to call it like apocalypse type, but, but, um, it would be another term, maybe the end of the world as we know it type of events, right? Um, and this one's going to be focused more on, uh, financial economic side of things versus, you know, an asteroid hitting earth or something similar. So, um, my plan is to have it in Kindle format, you know, ebook, um, print available to be ordered, uh, in, in print version and then also, uh, audiobook. I'd like to do all three and that's my plan right now. Um, and so I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. Um, and I'm looking forward to sharing that with, with all of you. 
moved into kind of the, the main part of today's podcast video, whatever you want to call it today. Uh, the silver squeeze, the silver squeeze, of course, was started back, um, several weeks ago. Uh, a lot of the momentum was started along the time of when, uh, GME, GameStop and AMC and other stocks, which, hey, coincidentally happened to be uh, making a similar move just in the last, you know, 24 hours. But it was when they, it was when they were really shooting higher, um, shooting higher on the basis of massive short positions on the stocks that, that, uh, those on, on Reddit and other, uh, you know, similar forums and whatnot saw an opportunity to, to basically create a short squeeze in those markets, something that they were basically successful in doing. And, and I'm not going to recap the whole thing, but there's a lot of that similar momentum and enthusiasm that then was transferred into the silver space. However, what we've seen since then is that, you know, a lot on, you know, Wall Street bets or Reddit, um, never really bought into it long term, but you've seen a lot of people, which this has been encouraging to me, a lot of people that have continued to buy into this idea of a silver squeeze um, on the physical side, potentially causing a short squeeze or or mayhem on the paper side because of lack of physical, that are sort of real, true, what would you call them, believers? People that buy into the idea of precious metals for basically more than just as a, you know, like a an asset that you're going to own today and hopefully squeeze up and, and sell tomorrow. Um, but on the basis of, of fundamentals, on the basis of a physical shortage, and on the basis, in some cases, on the basis of things like the, the crazy monetary policy we're seeing, inflation, etc. And so, you know, over the weekend, you know, my last podcast or two, I was talking about how, you know, I'm, I'm not a fan of SLV, more of a fan of PSLV. It's the Sprott, you know, Physical Silver Trust. Um, closed end, you know, type of ETF type fund. Um, but that I use SLV as a trading vehicle, short term things. Well, you know, like I think on Thursday or Friday, I moved, you know, I, I, I withdrew, you know, what funds I had on actually Robinhood at the time. Um, because I, Robinhood does, doesn't allow investment into PSLV. Um, and, and my plan was actually to move to, to a different brokerage, which I'm in the process of doing the process of moving that money uh, right now that does allow investments in closed-end funds such as PSLV. Uh, in that time span, actually beginning, I think it was Saturday, on Twitter, um, there was, I don't know what you'd call it, the Silver Squeeze Challenge. Um, basically, uh, several, and by several, I mean dozens and dozens of people um, basically created this, this thing where it was, you know, you can call it what, what you want, like, a um, um, an attempt to get followers on Twitter or whatever, but basically they all, a whole bunch of people started by one individual guy whose name I don't have in front of me right now, but, but basically he said, Hey, um, I'm going to buy in his case, I think it was 20 PSLV shares for each follower that I get between now and Sunday evening. And, and, and it took off and pre, you know, long story short, he ended up having to kind of scale back and say, well, okay, at some point I got to slow this down. Once I get to this many followers, you know, each new follower is going to be worth 20 shares, going to be worth 10 and then down from there. But it was something that caught on. Some people had, had, you know, relatively small portfolios compared to him and said, Hey, each follower, I'm going to buy one share 
or, you know, every five followers and maybe one share, you know, other people said, Hey, I'm going to match what he's doing, except with no cap. We're just going to keep going. If I get a 10,000 new followers, I'm buying, um, 200,000 new shares of PSLV or, you know, something along those lines. And it really took off PSLV, um, by Sprott has seen a huge amount of growth since then. And it's kind of interesting, you know, that this is, this is happening alongside a very big move, uh, in terms of, of, you know, movement into physical silver on the retail side. You could consider PSLV similar to retail, but retail in the sense that, you know, buying from places like JM Bullion. Um, so you have the situation where PSLV just this week, uh, first on Monday announced they added, um, and their quote adds a whopping 4.7 million ounces of physical silver to their PSLV holdings, bringing their total to over 120 million. Uh, the day after they added roughly half a million ounces. And then yesterday, another 1.5 million ounces. So in, in three days, they've added, you know, 6.7 million, six, or three trading days, three trading days, 6.7 million ounces to their holdings. Um, and, and they had massive volume too, by the way, on the back of this, basically silver squeeze, um, mentality, you know, on Friday, the, the last day they updated, it was 2.7 million ounces. That was before the, the silver squeeze deal. Um, you know, uh, not long before that it was, you know, 3.4 million ounces. It, it, you know, they've, they've gone up, you know, it wasn't that long ago that they had just surpassed a hundred million. They're already over 120, uh, two hundred, I think 22 million over 122 million ounces, um, you know, basically backing this PSLV fund. And that's going to continue as people move into um, PSLV because, you know, each share is, should be kind of pegged to a certain amount of silver. It's, it's slightly less, if I remember right, slightly less than a third of an ounce. And so it's almost like pegged to that. Um, and so uh, what we're seeing right now is, is this silver squeeze is, is actually shown that it's far from over and that it's moving into a space, in this case, PSLV, that appears to be more accessible to a lot of people that are used to trading phys, uh, not physical, but, but, you know, basically electronic assets. But in this case, unlike the SLV, which, you know, in all, likely, in all likelihood does not really have that physical silver, um, PSLV, it, it's something that we can trust, you know, Eric Sprott and Rick Rule. uh, Rick Rule being the, the CEO of the company have been long time, uh, precious metals, you know, silver bugs, gold bugs. Um, you know, some have predicted that Eric Sprott is going to end up being, you know, one of the richest men in the world when silver and gold make their big move upwards. It's something that I think we can have a lot more trust in compared to the SLV, uh, which is, it, there's a lot more um, kind of accounting, dubious accounting going on in the background um, behind those, those ounces that are allegedly backing SLV. Um, so long story short, I did, you know, what, what the new brokerage has forwarded me as my deposit is clearing. I have put into PSLV. Um, it's only, um, I think they only forwarded me like a thousand dollars and it's not a huge deposit in the first place. Um, not much more than that, honestly, at this point, but you know, it, it's an opportunity because when I look at physical silver right now, it's, it's, there's a shortage and, and there's a high premium on it. And I don't know how much long, you know, it, it's hard to justify buying straight up physical ounces at a massive premium. If I can do PSLV 
to, to also augment what I already have in terms of actual physical silver um, and to help basically follow up in the short squeeze in a way that I wouldn't be able to if I was, say, buying physical, uh, um, not physical, sorry, but, but something like SLV or even mining stocks. You know, I probably will be putting some of the rest of that into, you know, mining stocks. Um, I haven't decided first Majestic or um, Core, uh, if that's how you pronounce it. CDE is the stock. Um, that's what I'm looking at. But I wanted to update every one of you on, on not only um, the two things I covered at the beginning, my, my ongoing book and, 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 uh, the, the correction from the past podcast, but also update you on the silver squeeze, which is far from over. I think just getting started after the, what do you call it? Settlement date or whatever for futures that, which took place, I think yesterday, where there was a lot of, let's, let's be honest, manipulation of the market, which kept the price of silver down after that had more or less, you know, resolved. Um, I think there's a pretty clear path forward to the upside. I think $30 is not far away. And, and certainly there's a lot of, of room between 30 and $50 then, which is not really occupied for mu- by much resistance. As always, I'd like to thank every one of you from the bottom of my heart for tuning into today's podcast and God bless.